It appears that once again you are listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 162, sponsored by Vexil from Funimation, InStock Trades, and Netflix. On the boulevard, I landed. We used to kick routines, and the presence was fitting. It was I, the abstract, and me, the five footer. I kicks the mad style, so step off the Frankfurter. Yo, fight. It's the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. 162 wonderful episodes in. I am Josh. I'm here with Ron. Hey. And Connor. Hello. This is weird. Hello. Why is it, it is weird? weird? I don't know. You're... It's fine. <laughs> Carry on. All right. I like to switch it up. <laughs> this is my. This is my martini lounge read. Yeah, it's a little, it's a chill kind of tone. That's all. Yeah, fanboy.com is a website we created because we like uh, comic books. Maybe you like comic books too. I bet that's why you're here. <laughs> Every week, we'll read a whole bunch of comics, whatever it is we feel like reading. Some we don't. Then one of us has the uh, the task, the responsibility, nay, the burden of picking the best of the week. They call that the pick of the week. They write a little review about it. Then we come here, talk about it on the podcast, talk about some other books, try to make some jokes. Try to try to pull the weight of the weary world off your shoulder. One quick note before we get started. If you have not read your books, this is just going to be one big confusing mess. Oh, it might be a little funny, sure, but it's not going to be the same. So uh, there's spoilers ahead. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> so read your books. You come back. Uh, then you listen to this. Uh, maybe listen. You know what? You could. You could listen to it once when you haven't read them. Sure. Read your books, listen to it again, yeah. and see if it's better that way. Or maybe you'll decide, Jesus, it's much better if I haven't read my books. We've never experimented <laughs> with the different, you've done some testing to see if it's better if, they, if you haven't read your books or not. So if you, let us know how that works out for you. So the team at Yale, <laughs> they're dealing with that. Ron, uh, you, it sounds to me like you're raring to go. Yeah. You had the pick. I did. Have the, I did have the pick of the week, and I was telling. I was actually talking to Connor um, uh, in one of our many conversations throughout the week on, on Friday, uh, saying that it, this was a tough week to pick because there were a lot of. I mean, it was the end of Secret Invasion, you know, Justice Society, X Infernus. There was just a lot of you know criminal. There was a lot of stuff that came out, and there were a lot of solid, solid books. But there were, you know, it was finding the one that that jumped out to me, like that sang to me as the pick of the week, was a little bit of a challenge. And it, and when that happens, at least personally, it's it's it always ends up to be a bit of a surprise um, in my mind. And what it, really what it was was is um, the pick of the week ended up being X Men Noir issue number one, a four issue limited series by Fred Van Lente and Dennis Calero. Um, I wasn't originally going to buy this. It wasn't on my. It wasn't on my pull list. I, I kind of, in these tough economic times, I've adopted a bit of a um, a, a, a rule that I buy the. You know, I buy Uncanny. I buy X Men Legacy. I buy X Factor, and I can't really buy all of the miniseries that come out. I didn't buy that Magneto miniseries that everybody was raving about. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up and trade. Um, but you know, I just can't. I just can't afford to. You know, they put out a lot of X Men stuff. Um, I gotta say, there's there's two title, there's two words in this title, and and one of them says Ron, and the other one says No, not Ron. Right? Yeah. Well, that, that was the other thing too, is that I've been the, for the for about a year or so, I've been on a kind of a staunch uh, anti noir kick. Um, not anti. It was just kind of I was just kind of sick of it. It just became like a, a I just in, it, you know with criminal and with powers and with all this kind of stuff. It just seemed like it was a bit of a buzzword and a bit of a trend that was going on. Um, I know you guys eat it up like you know like like you know like I, I don't have an analogy for how you eat it up. But um, cream. I was gonna say like poo on a stick, but then I realized that that's not a good thing. So um, 
Well, it's not a trend; it's a genre. Yeah, it's a genre, but but it's a, but it's a genre whose popularity has been trendy. Does that make sense? It's not, it's not trendy. Yeah, it's it's, 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 been, it's been a trend. It's been no, no. It's been a, it's been a trend of noir books. We didn't have noir yeah, books like a, those, eight, eight years ago. You know, or ten those years five ago. issues of Criminal and Powers that combined have come out over the past uh, twenty-four <laughs> months. That's we are blown away. It's like the shelf behind me can't support the weight of all that noir. I'm just saying. To me, it felt like yes, you're right. It's a genre, but it's it's kind of its popularity has been it has been a little trendy. But um. And opinions of do not necessarily reflect those of iFanboy.com and subsidiaries. Oh, that, that's a that's an ongoing disclaimer there. <laughs> but so um, but so I was in the comic book store and I was flipping through it and and uh, something about Dennis Calero's art really made me say you know let me pick this up and and, and see how it is and and a couple of folks in my store had already read it and they said it was actually pretty good um, and of course you know Cyclops is on the cover so that that's always good um, or at least the cover I got I don't know if there's a variant cover or not. Um, there's a black and white variant like the uh, ads. Yeah, that's what, that's the cover I got. I didn't get the the standard cover then. Um, and essentially, what this is, and and I wrote about it in the review on iFanboy.com. Um, I don't know what Mar- this doesn't have an imprint or anything like that. I don't know if this is Marvel Knights or what it, whatever it is, but it's like this is out of this is this is Elseworlds, the old DC Elseworlds kind of. Um, you know, we're gonna take a concept, take these characters, and take them out of continuity, and take them out of their typical kind of concepts, and do a a uh, a spin on it. You know, so like some of the old Else, DC Elseworlds titles that I liked, with you know, Superman, Red Sun. And um, you know, Kingdom Come was actually originally an Elseworlds title, and they were kind of like DC's "What If," you know, I guess. Um, you know, the, this idea of what you know, what if Batman was a vampire, and what if you know, what if Superman was raised in Russia, and and all this kind of stuff. And what this is doing, this is saying, you know, what if you know the X Men existed in the 1930s New York City noir kind of world, um, and we're presented with you know, we're presented with um, you know, the 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 cops seem to be the bad guys. You know, there's a uh, there's a Detective Dukes who is you know Fred Dukes the Blob. Um, and we get, we discover that there's a murder mystery and that a redheaded girl named Jean Grey has been murdered and, um, and this crazy guy who ran a reform school, Xavier's in jail and, and it just kind of, and there's, you know, there's a guy named, uh, Remy LeBeau walking around and it was just taking these characters that, that I've known for years and putting a different spin on them and putting that noir spin on it. And I was really impressed with Fred Lente's writing. I mean, like the, the story itself, what it had to me, it had, you know, all the kind of noirish kind of, you know, you know, detectives and cops and the the whole kind of setting and all that kind of stuff and it just really was it was a lot of fun to read it was a lot of fun to to you know take this you know take this concept of a comic that i've known for years and look at it from a different lens so uh did either of you guys take a risk on this book like me or am i the only one who 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 tried it considering it's the x-men or no i bought it it was really good it was (laughs) was surprisingly good it was um I, mean, I don't know much about Fred Van Lente. I don't think I've read anything by him. But. Well, he just for those who don't know, Fred Van Lente did a lot of. He's done a lot of um, independent books, and he he's one of the guys behind Action Philosophers, and um, which was the comics uh, that tell you about philosophy and philosophers. And he right. also did the um, comic book comics, which is uh, kind of like a uh, cartoonish history of comics. Um, but then recently he's been working for Marvel, and he uh, most notably he's doing Wolverine First Class, and he's also doing the Incredible Hulk, uh, Incredible Herc with Greg Pak. Um, Marvel Zombies Three. Marvel Zombies he's Three. On. Yeah, he's been kind of he's, he's he's the next. I, I feel like he's the next the next fraction guy that they're yeah. trying to usher in. Yeah. And Jonathan Hickman is like no. But, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I only know him from doing our podcast panel in San Diego. That's yes. all I know. Him. Yeah. So. Um, but no, it was. I mean, I bought it purely for the art and the concept. Yeah. Because I love Elseworlds title titles for the reasons you said. It's it's fun to take these characters in a new world and experience them with new new surroundings and new stories. So I. 
It was, this is an Elseworlds book, basically, unless something happens at the end that brings it into continuity. No, it's not, it's not gonna. I mean, it can't. It's but for now, but for now, it is in yeah. my in my mind. So yeah. I bought it for that, and I loved the advertisements. I loved the cover art for yeah. the variant cover, and I actually dug through the pile on the shelf of the comic store to get the variant cover, which is something I never do. <laughs> but um, and even even it, at the end of the book, like the the article, the Sentinels article by Bolivar yeah. Trask, which was cool, you know, like so. It was fun. It was a you know it was, it's gritty and shadowy, and the cops are morally ambiguous, and the X Men are all bad reform school kids. I mean, there are superpowers. It's not like they're all just civilians. There are superpowers here, but yeah. it's all it's set in this world that's interesting and fun, and it's something. And you know, Magneto is the head of detectives, and his yep. you know, and it's he's he's corrupt, and he beats the crap out of criminals to get them to confess or to leave town and it's kind of like what, like confidential and it was good yeah what's really interesting is that it works on it works on different levels and me as the x-men fan is it's part of the fun is seeing who is in what role and ooh, there's the blob and there's magneto and there's cyclops and there's you know like like marie rankin like you know calvin rankin it was the mimic and so is there a connection between you know who when xavier tells the detective to find marie rankin is that going to be a link to calvin rankin like that sort of thing um, right. But then, on the level of, of someone like you who don't really care about the X Men, it, it spoke. It, it was a noir story, you know, like it was just the. It was just that that kind of hard boiled story. Um, so well, yes yeah, so no, I wouldn't say no, I don't care about the X Men, but no, I, I, I would say I got about half the characters. Like I didn't know about the Blob, but I, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. You know, it was one of the few times I didn't hate Gambit. Yeah, <laughs> and, you can um, say that. Black Tom Cassidy was in it, um, which is kind of cool. So I thought that was a you know like it was you know it, it's it's taking characters that aren't you know. I mean, yes, you know, Cyclops, Xavier, Magneto, but it's like not not the frontline characters all the way through. So yeah, it's one of those. I mean, when I saw the pick of the week, I was one of those things where I went, "Oh, all right." Like I, yeah. I wouldn't have expected it, but I wasn't. I didn't disagree with it. So it was it was a fun read. So I mean, I can understand why it'd be heightened for you. Yeah. So, Josh, did you dig it or I was unaware of its existence until uh, this point? Okay, until thir- until Friday morning. Actually, I didn't even look at the pick of the week until I got here. <laughs> <laughs> we have apparently we have a website and it updates daily. I whoa, so, no, um, I I wouldn't even yeah. No. Well, no, well, no, you might want to check it out if you grab Connor's copy. I mean, you like the noir stuff, so maybe you dig it. It was it was surprisingly <laughs> good, but Josh Josh loves comics so much that he won't read it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how much I love them. I can't I can't take the risk of my not liking something, so I won't read something. I won't I won't read I won't read anything. Uh, Weren't you the guy that wrote the impassioned article on a fanboy about how much they were comics were the best thing in the world? They are. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Yet you all. never want to read any of them. <laughs> what the hell do I have behind me making the floorboards bend? <laughs> all right. Well, did you guys read uh, Secret Invasion number eight? Exactly. See, now I feel bad about it in, in reference to what we were just talking. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> shit, I shouldn't have read that. Stuff. Damn. So uh, it's finally over. The saga is complete. Um, uh, Josh, had, did you was it was it uh, worth it to see Mockingbird come back to Hawkeye's arms? Um, no, no, <laughs> that was nice. That was a great page. I, I actually, I'll, I'll give it. I got a little choked up during that page. Yeah. Um, what annoyed the living bejesus out of me was the fact that this story was told in flashback from yeah. somebody else's point of view and not actively as it was going on. And it was just like, and I know that it makes sense because the whole story has been told in this weird way. But I was just like, it was. It's just such a like you want this to be the big ending of the thing and it's sort of told like it already happened by somebody else and, and I don't know I just I was like this just it didn't you know what feel this like was? It, this whole problem with this series <laughs> has been there's no connection to it it's been at, it's been a series at arm's length from the reader yep. and yeah. this, this and this issue just made it worse it was just like 
Well, now it already happened. We're going to skip through the important stuff. Wasp dies, but we're going to show that in two panels and move on. It was just kind of like okay. It is <clears throat> what kind of annoyed me too was like in the in the, in the opening um, in the opening two page spread when Wasp was like exploding, and it, on the left page of it, you see the Watcher kind of watching. We never understood why the Watcher was there. Well, look right, right away. I actually looked at the at the end of the um, uh, the recap bit, right, and it explains what happened to the wasp but but that we didn't actually know that yet like it's like it says that they give her a thing that oh that was in the last uh, issue yeah but she got but she got did, she got the, that was in a new avengers um hank gave they, her this formula but they didn't really explain what it was it was just yeah. that that hank had been had slipped her something and it was bad yeah but like when you read this it's like an airborne toxin which could only be triggered by hank himself which he does with his and like that stuff wasn't entirely clear what it was or like we understood that something happened and we understood how it happened but then in the issue they go and i was like i don't remember that ever being explained and then so in the issue then they explain it on that first page so why is that in the recap yeah and and just feel like it was like kind of like they were skipping around and in, in a lot and you know, at one point I kind of thought, well, you know what? Let me, if nothing else, let's appreciate the art. And I was looking, and it's really there's all these these characters and these you know great poses and these big sort of vistas with all of them. But a lot of times it's just a lot of characters standing around. You don't really know where they where they are. That's been my problem doing. with all the battle scenes in this in this comic because there's no context for any of it. Yeah. No, there's not. And and I and I and listen, I, I'm telling you right now, I started this and I had the I was like, I want to try to find something to appreciate about it and something to like about it. And that kind of stuff really got me, and that sort of passive retelling of the thing as it as if it had already happened really bugged me. I, I don't know why. There's one awesome thing about this comic. Yes, old school Iron Man armor. Yes, yeah, yeah, which was totally underplayed. Yeah, yeah. And then and then and then you know Thor gives 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 Tony the shaft again. It's just <laughs> like there were two uh. there were two oh come on moments for me, and one was when Wasp dies, and there's the whole monologue about how everybody was mad, and they showed the the shot of the double page shot of everybody being angry. Yeah, yep. yeah, I'm sure Bullseye's really pissed off that the Wasp died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, number two, number two was when was was when they all walk off the ship. The the, the hey, everyone's back alive again. Yeah, yeah. Where all this stuff has happened, no consequences, and, and oh, someone goes Spider Woman, and there's yeah. there's there's um, there's Mockingbird. No, no I love nothing. That someone actually said though. At least now we know we can trust everybody. <laughs> really? Are we sure they walked off a scroll ship? <laughs> it's the same thing that happened eight issues ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> No, no, these ones are fine because it wouldn't be a good trick at all to make these people fake also. <laughs> oh, man. This is not Brian Michael Bendis that I know. Yeah. No, it's not. And that's, I think that's kind of what upsets me. The thing is, if this was written by somebody else, I would probably be more forgiving of it. But I was just like, come on. This is it just shows that he's got a really, really good talent in one in small focused stories. And he just, you know, I haven't read House of M, but I'm, I, I don't hear good things about it. Yeah, no, that was, mm-hmm. I mean, this is way tighter than House of M. I mean, can I can so. I give this a, 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 a compliment, though? Um, much like Civil War, at the end of it, I thought, OK, this is an interesting place to be. Yeah, well, that well, that yeah, that said, I mean, it, it definitely the la- the two page spread at the end was a was an oh f- oh shit moment. I mean, that was a I mean the 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 whole kind of anti Illuminati thing um, was really really cool. So you know, said so, and, and that's that's really their thrust of it. And I still got to wonder. And I know we talked to Jim McCann, re- you know, recently, and and uh, you can hear that on our, the last episode of Talk Explode, um, and said that you know he's kind of saying you know no, we didn't change the ending and all this kind of stuff. But I really got to wonder, um, like the whole embrace change thing. 
Well, like, that has to throw us off to make us think that. And that's, I give them credit for yeah. for making us all think the Skrulls were going to win for a little while. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And they, they pulled the rug. I, I, I believe they did just because they, they, they found a way to fool us. Yeah. Maybe. E- either that either that, or they did change it. I mean, and, 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 I and what, what I think that there, there, there's, there might be credence to a theory, to a theory that, that they were always going to get to this point, but they just sped up the timeline. Considering how far ahead people like Bendis write, I don't think that's possible. I, no, I don't think that that's right. true. Yeah. No, I, I no, I think that because they would because Bendis had said specifically that they didn't love Secret Invasion so much, but like Joe really liked the thing that came after, yeah, and so I yeah. think that it's all connected. I mean, yeah. it could be all. Well, they didn't really out. love Civil War that much, but they loved the thing that came after. Here's my problem: is none of this stuff gets explored. We just yeah. move on to the next event, which changes everything again. We never explored Civil War. Yeah, yeah we, got, exactly. we got a, we got a few months of one, of everybody being kind of ana- having animosity towards each other, and then we went right into Secret Invasion. And, and now one we're mediocre to... one mediocre series of Avengers Initiative, and yeah, and we we're not, we never got to explore the ramifications of the Skrull invasion. Now we're going right into this Dark Reign thing, and then that'll lead to the next thing where we'll you know it's just kind of like there's no time to like last month last week I talked about taking a, a week a year off from a. To, you know, have a year where this this anti-Illuminati is in charge. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, there's a lot of great stories there, yeah. but we're going to go into Dark Reign, and that's going to, you know, isn't that what, the, six, is that what it is? Though? Yeah, that's what I mean. That's basically what it is. But we'll see what happens. I mean, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think the the jury's still out on where Dark Reign is going to go because we got to see what they're going to do with it. But of course, sure enough, there's that page of all the books you need to read for Dark Reign, and it's like, oh, geez. So. It is annoying to sit at a table very close to Enchantress because those horns are just it's Loki, by the way. Is it? Yeah, it's Loki. No. Female Loki. What? That's who did that? Is that that's Straczynski, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, so. That, I never saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's a great great thing. That was totally necessary. So now, ironically, yep. New Avengers forty seven, my pick of the week. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, for, well, first off, Josh, did you like the cover? Um, yeah, uh, no. Well, yes, I don't know. It's it's, it's Avengers West Coast number one. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Not exactly, but yeah. Well, that's a, it's, I was, it's an homage I, to that. But yeah. I wanted to see the the Hawkeye in as Skrull, or if there was any point to that still. And that, is that Bam Margera? Oh, I guess that's Wonder Man. But still, oh, I that's Cyclops. Oh, is it? Oh, you're right. It is. Yeah. It's, the, it's Avengers West Coast number one cover. I'm starting to turn into to Ron with covers. Thank like, you. Uh, Finally, really, you're becoming more and more of a fanboy as every year goes on. It's really weird. No, I, you I know what the thing is, I don't mind a pinup cover or something that looks really nice, but I'm sick of these theme covers. Well, the thing is that this is the Avengers West Coast cover, and it's got Hawkeye as Skrull standing there, and the whole issue is about Luke and and. Jessica. Yeah, but so what? Every single Marvel, every single Avengers comic this whole year has been that. And so homage, yeah, to, yeah, to complain homage. about it now is kind of silly. Well, no, I've been okay. complaining about it from the get go. Just Josh Either is way. coming around. Either way, oh, no, I'm just sick of the theme covers. I was sick of the, I got sick of the zombie things. It didn't really bother me, and now I'm like, come on, enough with the scroll things. It's over. Let's move on. Especially since it didn't have any other thing to do. But I, I got to say, on the other side of things, it made me very happy to come in to look inside of the issue because I didn't know what to expect, and I was well, like, well, let me, yes, exactly. I, I, the solicitation on my fanboy didn't have Michael Gatos on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I didn't read the title page. I never read the recap page. So I just go. I go into the story, and the beginning story is written by Philip Tan. The, can we, can we, I'm sorry. Can we back up to the recap page? I would read these recap pages if it wasn't for the mind-numbingly distracting background. Yeah, the the font is hard on the yeah. eyes. Anyway, okay. Anyway, so yeah. I, I'm reading this, and and literally, this I swear to God, this happened. The, the um, there's the page where where Cage is finally holding his baby, and, and Jessica's sitting there, and I'm thinking that is not Jessica Jones. Who is this like sex pot? 
Yep. Girl in the, in the cutoff shorts, and man, she really lost her baby fat. Like, she got the, really, you know, the stomach is really <laughs> she lost her baby fat. Yeah, she does have like her midriff showing. And yeah, like, and I, I was like, and I really thought that too. But then, and then I turned the page, and there's Michael Giddes, and I went, holy shit! Like, <laughs> there I flipped she to is. the cover. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, this is, oh. it is Gatos. And then yeah. I, and I was like, I hope it's for the rest of the whole thing. It was, and it was. a lot of it. Oh, God, it's so good. I, yeah. it was like, you know, we talked about the Secret Invasion wasn't Bendis. This was Bendis. This yeah. was like, he had the patter down, the alias patter, that one two-page shot where it's just them b- chatting back and forth in the in the office. I was so I laughed out loud when they talked about Dakota, you know, Dakota being uh, she's not yeah. liking Dakota, and oh, it was so good. It was so. so and it, even even the pages with no dialogue on them, like they just worked, and it's just oh, this was this was like you know, like you know, the, you can't go home again. This was just it was right back into it, you know. He could beautiful. he could go back to alias. I think I think he could. Yeah, yeah. I wish. Yeah. Gatus hasn't lost a step. But it, it's almost, just, it almost, it almost, this almost makes me want to go read Manhunter over at DC. Uh, no, don't. Why, is that the, the, art, the No, the Gatus art is great. It's just the yeah. story's not right. No, I mean for the art for Gatus. Oh, I, I, I buy Gatiss. it for the art. It's really yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but there's something about the two of them working together on this one particular character, and it's you know we haven't really seen Jessica because she's been drawn by all these different people who draw her midriff bearing outfits, which we know from reading Alias she would never wear. Yeah. Yep. You're so right. That's now a very good it's like. Point. Now it's like, oh, here it is. I mean, I've got the alias Omnibus read, you know, I, I can see it now, and I just miss that book so much. And this was like such a nice, and I was, it was better that it was a surprise, and I didn't expect it. I didn't know it was coming. And I just, after reading Secret Invasion, I read this, and I was just so happy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so happy. So, so, lest you think we're jerks, uh, no, we like things that we liked before. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it happened before. And we liked it then. That's totally fine. <laughs> so, um, so it was a big secret invasion week, and it all—it's all wrapped up now. So, uh, ah, done with that. Yeah, I was so excited about it. <laughs> no. Well, the first issue was still great. I still—it was a good issue, first yeah. issue. Yeah. But you're right. You're right, Ron. I didn't even think of about the fact that this, the uh, people coming off the ship happened in the first issue. Yeah, totally. It was, it was almost That's the exact same worse. pose. Yeah. Even worse. Yeah. Because that, uh, and this time Clint was like, it's probably it's got to be her this time. It wasn't last time. I wasn't fooled last time. Uh, <laughs> fool, fool me once. <laughs> Come here, you. Give me a big old kiss. You've been dead for two decades, but whatever. <laughs> Broke my heart. Oh, oh like you have spaceship breath. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they have Colgate on their scroll ship? Did you hear what she? Did you hear what she said though? What are you wearing? Yes, Damn, Bobby. <laughs> what is he wearing? Because that's those aren't his clothes. Those yeah. belong to some woman who can't hear anything. <laughs> it's not cool. Oh man, I love that you're so steadfast about that. That's so funny. They've never talked about how he fits into that now. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's pin particles or unstable molecules. Well, apparently, there's all really... sorts of structure inside for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, let me take out the female chest plate. <laughs> <laughs> Could accident, he could accidentally develop boobs. I would be careful wearing something like that. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So the um, the other big event that ended last week was Batman and with Batman 682, Connor. Um, the, the, I, I read this issue in the in the store, so I want to hear what you think about it before I share what I'm, I think. Why did you read the issue in the store? Because I'm fascinated by this whole Batman world now. Yeah, but you haven't read anything else. <laughs> I know. I love having <laughs> no context. I, I've read a lot of the rest of it, and that didn't really help. So <laughs> I thought it was really good. I thought it – I mean it, it was – like an origin. Yeah. Well, it's it, it's it's basically it's summing up Batman's history because this is this is what it is. It's wrapping up Bruce Wayne Batman, and it's going through. And Grant Morrison connects all the events. He makes it work in context. He goes through the whole emotional arc. We see how dark he got in the beginning, and then how Dick Grayson changed that, and then he got dark again. 
it's basically it's a wrap up. But then at the end, we find out he's strapped in that chair from the for, from the first issue of Final Crisis. So R.I.P. It, happens before Final Crisis. Either that or it's happening happened in his head. We don't know yet. <laughs> oh, it's all a dream. And then turns out Patrick Duffy's still alive. <laughs> yes. If if he turns if it turns out, which I don't think it will be because the whole the whole rest of the way is dependent on him not being Batman, I think yeah. I think that it's not gonna be that, but if it if it would, I'd give him a lot of credit for having the balls to do that. Well what I what I took away from it was that RIP happened before Final Crisis. That was Well yeah, we know that. That's definitely true, yeah. Okay. That's what yeah. So that was what I took away from it. So I thought it was neat. I like seeing all the, the, the Batman through the years. I really I enjoyed it. Good I really enjoyed that it. They tied it all they tied it into what else was going on. Since it's since they're both his stories. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's only, it's only the least you can do, I guess, is make them work. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was good. Cool. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like it was the number one, you know, pick of the week on the website. It was. Yeah. For me, for me, I want to know what the last page means before I can really decide if it was great or not. It just, it means that he's gritting really hard. He's in the scroll he ship. Yeah, he's in the scroll ship, going. Yeah. So he. So for some reason, he there was a helicopter explosion, and then somehow he ended up in this guy who's not Clayface. Right. right? I yeah. mean. Yeah. So did they fish him out of the water or what? Ah. Uh, don't don't hope, don't. Ask questions. Don't try to make it make sense. <laughs> well, I think he's done a really good job making it make sense. He makes it all make sense in this issue. Right, but Matt, so, had, but so had, okay. So so there the question is so so Batman R.I.P. ends and I re- I read that ending. He's he these the costume is all torn and tattered. He jumps into the helicopter. The helicopter goes down. No, you know we we don't see a body. Whatever, fine. How does he end up in this strapped in this thing with the with his costume on and gritting his teeth? How does that happen? Perhaps to be concluded. That we'll find out next month. Yeah. Same bad channel. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that I guess that, that that's my question: is that how did how did the two get linked to each other? So. We haven't he hasn't right. finished his he hasn't finished his his thing yet. Right. No, I know, but I mean that that's what I'm curious about. So. Well, we'll find out. That's that's why I'm saying I don't know until until we get more information. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Cool. Um, so, are you guys ready for some cyberpunk? Um, Every day, baby. (laughs) uh, Time to tell you guys about Vexil or Vexile, depending on some people wrote in saying that I'm pronouncing it wrong. Um, uh, Vexilili, Vexili, Vexilil. It's probably Vexilili. Yeah, it's probably Vexilili. I like Vexil, so I'm going to say Vexil. Vexil is a two disc special edition um, DVD that is now out on both regular DVD and Blu ray. Um, it's from the creators of Appleseed, uh, which and it comes with a, a, a CG anime movie about the dangers of cutting-edge science of robotic biotech. Uh, Geek Magazine, which is a very fine publication, called Vexil balls-to-the-wall action. Uh, basically, you got a battle between man and machine. Humanity is going to stand to suffer the most. Um, it's really cool, kind of you know, sci-fi, cyberpunky, kind of you know that sort of thing. Um, and you know, if you check out the 30 minutes of clips at Funimation.com forward slash Vexil, um, you can see a lot. Of, you can get a kind of feel for what it looks like. Um, I looked at it. It actually looks pretty cool, um, and I, I, would, I would watch it. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I might. Um, so go to Funimation.com forward slash Vexil, um, and then for those of you who need to know how to spell it, it is V-E-X-I-L-L-E. So Funimation.com forward slash V-E-X-I-L-L-E. Check out Vexil from Funimation. So let's talk about the rest of the books, and I wanted to uh, I want I want to talk about X Infernus number one. Uh, so this is uh, the miniseries, uh, four issue miniseries from CB Sabolsky and um, uh, what's the guy's name? Kamakoli. One of those Italian. Giuseppe Camacoli. Giuseppe Camacoli. Giuseppe Camacoli of 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 he did Hellblazer and and he he did I believe he did the Intimates with Joe Casey from Wildstorm. Oh, I read that. 
Yeah, yeah. That was good. I like the Intimates. That was a lot of fun. With a with a David Finch cover. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of a loose sequel to Inferno. Although not, you know, it's not really. I mean, Inferno was a crossover that was um, like 1988 in the X Men books. That was like one of the one of the ones that. that most people remember. Yeah, what what it involved was um, involved the whole demon world, like Belasco and and uh, a demon called Sim S apostrophe Y M and Madeline Pryor, who is uh, Cyclops's uh, cloned wife of Jean, cloned clone of Jean Grey, who he married. He didn't know she was a clone, Mister Sinister, all that kind of deal. Um, she becomes the Goblin Queen, and and this and basically New York City becomes a whole Goblin kind of inferno, and that was all thing. Um, don't you hate funny. demons? I do hate demons, and and it's funny because I I really don't like magic and demons and things like that, but I loved Inferno. It was crazy. That was that. Those were my first X Men comics, and yeah. it totally like informed everything since then. Like yes. I'm like I didn't I didn't get any of that, <laughs> and I remember trying real hard and reading a bunch of books. Yeah, and to this day. So anyway. so essentially, um, um, uh, Ileana Rasputin, who's uh, Colossus's sister, uh, also known as Magic, has been trapped in uh, with the demon world of Limbo, and um, you know Colossus wants to go go save her, but Cyclops says no, and then you know we kind of see some bits of her in in the whole demon world, and then it's kind of the X Men kind of pulling in. Um, it, you know, it's a lot of you know soul swords and soul daggers and things like that. This was a lot of fun. I mean, Sobolski did a good job of it. I I, I really did enjoy it. I mean, some people um, some people I spoke about who were fans of Inferno didn't really like it. Um, I think it's one of those things again where it's the first issue and we'll see how the whole miniseries goes through. But um, you know, we get introduced to there's a little kind of demon Illuminati roundtable with Dormammu, Dormammu and um, Mephisto and some of the other big demons, and we see Belasco's daughter um, trying to take his what's right rightfully his and. Um, you know, it's kind of it's that link. It's it's one of those weird kind of tendrils of the X Men universe that it never really made sense. The whole kind of demon thing. Not that it doesn't make sense, but it's like you know, like, kind of like the Asgardian Wars. It's just you know, like why were they doing that? Um, but it was it's a fun it's a fun you know in continuity kind of thing. So uh, I'm enjoying it. So I'll see how the rest of the series goes. But I'm excited for it. I would love it if you walked up to Walt Simonson one day and just went, "Why why did you do that? <laughs> why, why did you do any of this? I don't. What's the what's the point?" <laughs> what does Sue Storm have to do with this? Wasn't this like Marvel's big like announcement at San Diego? Like, yeah, was people this? went nuts in that yeah. room. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but this was the only announcement they had. It was the big X Men announcement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, <laughs> magic. I, I thought it'd be much pop, more popular on the website, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel as if I feel as if they if if they had announced it and it like came out in August or September, they could have rode that that wave. But I think that too much time has passed since the announcement. So, speaking of why would they do this? Why would they? Why would they make a sequel to Marvels? Well, okay. So Marvels Eye of the Camera, number one of six. Um, did, 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 I picked it up. Did you guys pick it up? No. Okay. Oh. Why on earth? Okay. Of all the comic books that came out in the nineties, what one had the most impactful cover treatment? What one was so iconic? Marvels. Marvels. Young blood. So no. So even <laughs> if you, even if you were gonna do a sequel, even if you were gonna do a sequel. Why wouldn't you continue that and have the big ass Marvels across the cover and even on the bottom have it say "Eye of the Camera"? That's fine, but why? Like, it, I feel as if they completely fumbled this from the from the cover onward. Probably because Alex Ross wasn't involved. Exactly, I, and the thing is that I don't think you do this without Alex Ross, unfortunately. I, you definitely don't do this without, yeah. without Alex Ross. It was. Um, I mean, I don't. I'm not like Alex Ross worshiper, but he is Marvels as much as Busick is. Yep. So, uh, if not more. so Cure Busick. Dark Knight Returns three with Pete Tomasi and Billy Tand. What? Why? <laughs> um, nothing against Pete Tomasi. Um, no, no. But, yeah. 
<laughs> um, so this was written by Busick. Um, I don't know when he wrote it. This must have been done years ago um, because he's a DC, right? He's a DC exclusive. He's not exclusive. He's writing. He's writing a bunch of stuff for a bunch of people. Oh, okay, maybe I, I don't know what I'm talking about. So, but but apparently, so Busick wrote it, and Jay Ansolito did the art, and um, with Brian Haberlin as well uh, doing the colors. And it's that weird kind of drawn and then digitally painted kind of look and feel. And it's Phil Sheldon, and and it's it's like Marvel sequel, and it just it. It feels it, it. You get an echo of that it feels right, but it's wrong because it's not Alex Ross. You don't do this without Alex Ross. That's so. I wasn't going to touch it without the original team. That's just. Yeah. Well, I, I, just, I don't even need a. I don't need a sequel. I don't yeah. need a sequel regardless with, yeah. that, with them. Yeah. I just. I mean, it was a perfect. It was almost a perfect little slice of yeah. comics. You don't yeah. need anymore. Kind of like Kingdom Come. <laughs> yes. But not sequel. That wasn't. Se- There's no sequel to Kingdom Come. Right, we're just we're just we're just reveling in it, Justice Society. <laughs> yeah, but it's not it's not affecting the story. It's not containing the story. I know. Well, we're gonna get to that in a little bit. We're gonna get to that. In a little bit. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. This is, I mean, and, and even if you're gonna do it, why do you stray from what you knew would work? You know what what works so well about it? You know, so, I don't know. That's bad. I think we got a bit for next year's San Diego show. Why? Why yeah, did you why? do this? Exactly. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like like we like to talk to Joe Casada for a little while about what. Um. <laughs> why? Why? I think I think the main theme of the of the interview is going to be why. <laughs> We're not getting an interview. Yeah. All right, <laughs> moving on. Hellboy, I, uh, Hellboy, Wild Hunt. I heard nothing but raves about this. Number one, um, issue one, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I actually I realized that I haven't. There's a couple of miniseries in the middle that I didn't read because uh, it took a while to come out, and I just. I'm not caught up on the trades, um, but I bought this anyway. And and apparently, if you had read Darkness Calls before it, this is better. I didn't notice the difference because I'm always sort of generally confused about where Hellboy is and why. But it it sort of works itself out, um, which I found this to be the case. I just want you to imagine that uh, there's this uh, house in the English countryside, literally says somewhere in England, and and Hellboy is in a room with a bunch of old aristocratic men in white tuxes. You know, like <laughs> these kind of guys, right? Oh, oh. And they're talking to him about a giant hunt, and it's the giant hunt that goes on because the giants are going to wake up again. And and he's like, "All right, yeah, all right, sounds bad, whatever." But literally, yeah. gi- literally giants, not yes, like a giant yes, hunt, yes. like it's a like a big hunt, but hunting giants, hunting the uh, the hunting of giant persons. Okay, okay, so yes, giants is in Jack and and Beanstalk. Okay, um, and so at the end of them explaining this whole thing to us, they're like, "Would would you like to come on the hunt with us?" And he's sure. You know what? Because he's nonchalant. Sure, why not? <laughs> so basically, it's just Hellboy like out. Um, he, like that's the end of it is that he goes off with them on horseback, and and one of them has to wear this big scary like deer head because he's the leader of the hunt, and uh, he's off to hunt giants. And then there's a twist at the end. But this was totally fun. Duncan Fagrito on art, who totally out of all the people doing Hellboy, like really captures the essence of, of the, of, you know, like I think he really captures that Mignola essence when he does Hellboy. Colors don't hurt at all either. Um, just a, a, a fun, uh, beautiful, beautiful issue. Um, this was great. Good story. Uh, and there's a big twist at the end that really makes you want to see what's going on. What's funny is that this one really, it builds steam. Like it's almost boring for a little while. And then as you keep going, you're like, oh, oh yeah. And they keep adding a little more in and a little more in. And by the end, you're just like raving for the next issue, which of course you don't have. Can I can That's I guess what the ending thing was? Sure. Was it was it they found the green giant? <laughs> no, they found that little guy who used to follow him around. Uh, <laughs> he was bringing them green beans. Now, actually, the last couple pages were excellent. I mean, they were like I was like, "That's really good." I mean, like like you, sometimes you get to the end of an issue and you just you just like 
they nailed it. Like it was, it was, it was quite nailed. Mignola cool. really owned that one. So cool. There you go. Awesome. All right, excellent. So, um, so in addition to all of our opinions, we'd like to hear from uh, you, the iFanbase. And if you go to iFanboy.com forward slash comics, you can you know do your pull list, and after you get your comics, you can rate them and review them. Uh, I want to highlight a couple of reviews. Um, our first review comes from Jay Stump, who's writing about Justice Society of America, issue number 21, and he gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5. And uh, of all the users on iFanboy, uh, about 23% picked this as their pick of the week. Um, and Jay Stump says, I've been hearing, uh, hearing people being upset lately with the pace of this book and how the story's gone on too long. I, for one, have no issues with this. Jeff Johns can take as long as he wants to tell a story as long as he's writing this book. Same for Green Lantern. He just knows how to weave a story in a way that I understand and love. I could compare him to some other DC writers with this story, but I'll spare you. Um, so, All right. Yeah, so Justice Society number 21, um, I, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. Um, but I have a, I continue with my kind of annoying Kingdom Come nitpicks. Um, uh, in that, it, 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 um, so basically, Gog has now turned on everyone and said, you know, you must worship me. And so now the Neil the, says the, Neil. Neil that is. Gog. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the Justice Society, which was fractured before, now is kind of all together, kind of realizing that he's he's not what he seemed to be, and, and they're gonna fight him. Um, and during it, two things kind of happen. The King the Kingdom Come stuff, I think, is 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 you know, I get because Kal El is there. And so what happens is that Gog um, uh, shoots down a lightning bolt at Jay Garrick and basically turns him into the Kingdom Come Flash, like the moving so fast, the, the, the red blur kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And which, by the way, gave us one of the best moments in comics this year when Superman punched it. And then uh, Mr. Terrific says, did, did you just punch a bolt of lightning? Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought that was awesome. That was kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very awesome. Um, but then right after that, Alan Scott dons the Kingdom Come Green Lantern armor. And my question is, is that how does... Like it, it just it's, it, oh, I was like, where the hell did he come from? Exactly, exactly. Like oh, that makes. I figured I just missed it. I was like, he must have shown up in one of those specials I didn't read. Right, like it, like it almost seems it, it, to me. It seems like it's trying too hard to map these characters to the Kingdom Come world. I know Connor, you're going to disagree with me and yell me yell at me. And tell Jeff, me Jeff Johns can't help it. Right. Yeah. If there's something to be explained, he will explain it. Right. You won't even. You'll be like me. You won't even see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like it felt like with these particular characters because it's like there's because the Kingdom Come guys aren't these guys, right? Yeah. No, it's Alan Scott. But it's Wally West is the Flash. But that is Alan Scott in Kingdom Come. Right. Yeah. No. So I mean, right. No, I understand that. But it's not. It's not. It's not known whether this is Earth Earth One Alan Scott or not. You know well, I mean? it, it doesn't yeah. make a difference. You can't. You yeah. can't. I mean, why worry about that? Because I, I, it's I'm, I it's a, my it's a disease, Connor. <laughs> I, I just don't see. I don't see. I mean, like, all right, but I don't. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, yeah, so, I mean is, this, is, this the, is this the moment that Alan Scott dons this armor and now he's going to go and create that satellite and just and and he's going to be the the Kingdom Come Green Lantern? No, no. Okay, well, it's just a homage to, to to it's a homage to Kingdom Come. You know what? But, how, did, but how does Alan Scott know about Kingdom Come? You know what? He Jeff Johns knows these answers, and if he yeah. wants to share them, you know he's going to. Yeah, I know. That's like, the other thing, too. You don't know some stuff. You like, Don't be the person in the movie who's like, why did she kill him? We don't know. We've only been here for 10 minutes. Yeah, I know. I know. And I'm not that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not that, but it's just, I don't know. That said, I loved how the, the, the setting, it starts raining, you know, like when, you know, it's, it's a turbulent kind of, um, it's a fight, you know, and, and with Gog taking back everything he gave to everybody, was just, those two pages were amazing. I never saw that coming. Wow. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't spelled out at all. Can I say that that that, in spite of my complaining about the fact that there was a special last last uh, week, um, yeah. it was nice to have the story going so soon. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> it was like, oh, we're we get right back into it. Cool, Connor. Did you like it? Yeah, it was great. It was very good. 
There's another four or five star issue. Cool. All right, moving on. Uh, Cammy Knoxville reports in on Immortal Iron Fist number 20, giving the story a four out of five and the art a four out of five. Um, the uh, user pow for this one is less than a quarter of one percent. So there you go. Uh, Swarsinski and Foreman have done a really good job keeping me interested in the characters and story, making it sometimes feel like the first creative team never left. I was also tickled with the idea that Danny Rand can in fact die and his – Fist of Iron can't get him out of every situation. So in a time when the economy is forcing readers to trim their pull list week by week, be sure and keep Immortal Iron Fist in your buy pile. Fast, fun, and filled with kung fu action. This is one of the true gems of the Marvel... Are you trying to get on a book? (laughs) (laughs) Fast, fun, filled with kung fu action. This is one of the true gems of the Marvel treasure chest. I don't... don't, That's not cool, man. No. Uh, You know what? He's he's right. Um, I wanted to... Take a mention to mention. Take a minute to mention this book too, and that it doesn't feel so much like the other guys haven't left. Uh, it feels like a new guy, and I think I like this guy better. Um, there were some really good issues in that Brubaker Fraction run, um, but I just like how it's consistent. But it, it feels really cool. Uh, I like it a lot. It's a fun book. I'm glad that I didn't stop reading it. Um, I don't love the art, but it does its job. Sometimes I like it, and sometimes I don't. There's, again, some more nice Russ Heath uh, flashback pages in this one, uh, which were always cool. Um, it's just a cool story, and it's interesting, like, Danny has a girlfriend, and, like, she, you know, like, there's a relationship thing going on with them that's that's pretty interesting, and, you know, it's all these different forces are conspiring against him. Like, he's got this whole corporate thing going on in the real world, and then he's got some, you know, something's trying to kill him from the... The mystical Kunlun world, and it's it's cool. I yeah. really enjoyed this. I, I gotta say, yeah, Swarzynski has impressed me with this. I mean, I, I said I was gonna leave when when Fraction and Brubaker <laughs> left, but but I stayed on, and and I I've enjoyed it. So yeah. well, you know, like Swarzynski is he's he's building a fan in me. Yeah, easily. Like like I don't know if I want to read Cable, but I'd think about it now for the first time. Yeah, maybe. So okay well, now. <laughs> so go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics see what everybody else thought of the other comics came out this week it was a great week one of the best Spider-Man covers in a while with Marcos Martin with the Shocker that was one of my favorite covers in Spider-Man 579 um, uh, Criminal came out a whole bunch of other stuff came out so um, see what everybody thinks at ifanboy.com forward slash comics you can go to in stock trades to get up to 37% off all of your trade paperback purchases they got free shipping and orders over $50 with over 5,400 trade paperbacks in stock and available for order now, with new releases listed every Wednesday. And when you make an order, it usually ships within 48 hours. And all that is found at www.instocktrades.com. That's where Josh will go to buy cable trades once he decides to I'll buy them all. I'll buy everything. Jump on that bandwagon. Whatever. I love cable. That's what I don't tell anyone. <laughs> my dirty little secret. I have every issue cable's ever appeared in. It's the first sign of the apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, though, Cable was not the book of the month for December, but uh, the book of the month was Punk Rock and Trailer Parks uh, from Slave Labor Graphics by Durf, lowercase d. Wow. Well, not on the you, cover. It's, it's all caps. This, <laughs> you may remember, I did a mini not too long ago. Well, it was probably six months ago. But about uh, a book that this guy did. It was a, a single issue called My Friend Dahmer about his experiences going to school with, with Jeffrey Dahmer. I do remember that. That was... That was my experience with Durf, uh, who does underground comics for the most part. Um, and I, I got a hold of this, which, which came out a month or so ago, and maybe two. And, and I thought it would be fun, whatever. It would have something to do with punk rock. And I was totally sucked into this story um, about – it's basically like, like around – the suburbs around Akron, Ohio 
in the late 70s, um, and, and there's this kid who calls himself the Baron. His name is Otto, and, and he was a kid who was totally picked on, like, badly, violently, you know, forced to eat the urinal cake kind of thing. Ugh. And Yeah, exactly. And then, like, at some point during high school, he grew to, like, six foot six or something like that, and he just decided to take take back his own his own persona and so he he starts calling himself the baron and he starts just having utter supreme self-confidence about the things that he likes and what he's like and what it is and he just decides he's not going to get picked on anymore and and this this story takes place after all that has happened and you sort of find out what he was like before that but it's it's totally like a revenge of the nerds kind of scenario where like the one character is like this is who i am this is what it is and and he you know goes and he starts working in this club called the bank where all of these which was a real place um in, in ohio where all of these seminal sort of new wave and punk rock acts of the of the late 70s um would do shows when they were traveling across the country and at this point you know punk was still very underground and so he ends up like having he ends up taking their ramones out for burgers and fries um because they're getting on the tour bus and they're like hey you know anywhere to eat and and because the baron uh is so self-confident he just sort of is like yeah, come on, we'll go get burgers, and he takes them. They have a good time, and then later, um, Lester Bangs, the the music the music critic, uh, you, you probably know as Philip Seymour Hoffman's role in Almost Famous, or um, from Kerrang, the magazine he did. Yep, <laughs> most but most people who are not, you know, <laughs> they weren't reading that stuff then. Um, uh, he wrote for Cream with a K, uh, and no two E's and a C. Anyway. Um, him and Joe Strummer of the Clash, like they go and and they start driving around looking to to start trouble, and they end up in the in the parking lot of a Journey concert, and they slash the tires on the Journey tour bus because they're like the the evil anti corporate rock thing. And I get through the whole thing, and I just remember having a feeling of it was very similar to the feeling of of like after I discovered and watched Freaks and Geeks, and I thought, wow, this really captures that time period. And that sort of way of thinking. And I thought that out of all the things and people say, oh, this is rock and roll or this is punk rock. Like this to me really was what what I think of as the best of what punk rock is. It's not cool kids. It's just kids who, who want to have fun and who are passionate and, and, you know, and don't feel like everybody else, which is every kid. But, you know, it's their way of doing it. And uh, I was just totally impressed by this. And it also just it did capture that feeling of of being in high school. And it, no matter how you know popular you may have been in high school, most people probably still felt somewhat like an outsider. Um, and it did that really well, which is impressive in a, in a world where that story gets told a lot, yeah. I think. Um, I, I just, I was really, really touched and impressed by this book and, and I really liked it cause it was like, it was all of those things like a, a time and a place and retelling what it was like somewhere, but it was also a coming of age story and it was sort of like you, you want to see this kid succeed and, and, and it was really neat. Cool. There's much people. Yeah, no, it I was thought, very good. I very good. I read it. Oh yeah. I would like to read, I would like to borrow it from you after reading your review. It, it, it grabbed me. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, no, you would you like know. this a lot. It's, it's right up your alley, yeah. but it's, it's. It's very much um, a story about taking charge of your own life and yeah. doing what doing what makes you happy no matter what anyone else thinks. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very uplifting – I mean there's a lot of bad stuff that happens, a lot of sad stuff that happens, but it's a very uplifting story in the end. Yeah. But one thing yeah, I, mean, I really this... found it interesting at the end was there's a little appendix mm-hmm. which um, explains who the, the real-life characters are, all the musicians, musicians and lesser banks and such. And reading through it, Man, none of these people made it through, made it very far in their lives. They all—they're all dead. They all died no no later than fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very, that was very sad. Like reading through, it was like he died at thirty-nine. He died at forty-nine. He died at fifty-five. He died at it's, it's a tough 50, life. It's a tough life, Connor. Died at forty-eight, it, it, it forty-one, that, thirty-six. Like it was yeah. just like wow. Yikes. Yeah. 
and these guys, you know, they're not famous per se. There's, you know, people like rock historians and music nerds know about them. You know, Stiv Bator and 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 uh, who's the who's the Japanese guy? Like they're known. Klaus, they're, Klaus Nomi. Yeah, they're important. Like without they were they were very vital musical links in in what came after them. Um, but they're not known, and they you know they died early. They didn't get that that recognition. Um, but it's important stuff for except for Joe Strummer, sort of after the fact. And the Ramones, obviously. Yeah, obviously Ramones. You know. Yeah. But uh, you know what was cool is that if you think you know like now the Ramones and, and Joe Strummer, these guys are are you know like they're they're gods, they're these icons. But back then, like you know, they were playing these small shows. You know. Yeah, you yeah know? No, I mean, it was very much a move. It was an underground movement. You know, it like, totally yeah, was. That's. Yeah. Yeah. I just it captured that and. Uh, you don't have to know all this music stuff to like it, but that if you no, like you don't. That, I mean, I, I don't know a lot of. I mean, I know half the people in the music <laughs> appendix, but you really don't need. To, it's not important. Yeah, and it sounds like something that I would totally love. So. Oh yeah, cool. absolutely. Yep. Excellent. I love the bowling with Joe Strummer scene. They take <laughs> Joe Strummer bowling. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really funny. cool well so go to ifanboy.com and up on the top of the page you can see the book of the month you can read Josh's review all month um, and uh, yeah check it out you know what yours is going to be I, I, f- crap I have January don't I I didn't even think about yeah. that son of a bitch um, I'm sure it'll oh, be man, something I'm going to pick an omnibus or something or a, a, a large <laughs> thick thing that you'll all have to read so that's what she said <laughs> yeah but you will you guys will like this book just check it out very good and actually what would be great a good companion to this might be the movie Almost Famous which features Lester Bangs like you mentioned and uh, you can get that from Netflix uh, which has got over 90,000 titles uh, no late fees free shipping both ways they've got Blu-ray titles they've also got the brand new cool streaming service where, where you could watch movies on your laptop or if you have an Xbox 360 you can link up your account and, and stream it to your Xbox 360 watch it on your TV everybody's loving that um, so if you're not a member Netflix yet, what are you waiting for? Go to www.netflix.com forward slash iFanboy. The www is important there. And if you sign up, you can start at as low as $4.99 a month and you get a two free week try, two weeks totally free to try out the service to see if you dig it and you'll be totally be hooked after you do it. I mean, I, I've been a Netflix member since 99. It's probably awesome. The awesomest thing I've ever done. So uh, go to www.netflix.com forward slash iFanboy. I, I joined Netflix in 84. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's one thing I did want to say. I'm on drugs. <laughs> That's so, all. So um, this is a busy week. We had the book of the month, so we're going to skip emails and voicemails this week. We'll get back to them next week. So make sure you write in at contact.ifanboy.com or call 1-888-FANBOYS, 1-888-326-2697. Leave a voicemail. Leave it 30 seconds and tell us where you're from. Um, so, yeah, so next, call, tune in next week to hear, you know, to hear yourselves yell at us. Nice. And that is our show for the day. <laughs> If you're still around, um, there we go. Check out ifanboy.com for Ron's full pick of the week review. You can see that there, and you can also see Josh's full book of the month review. It's all over there at the top at ifanboy.com. And if you're listening to this now, we did two extra shows this week, which you have to go back onto the feed and look for. One was an interview with Jim McCann from Marvel. We took your questions, and we interviewed him. It was a long two-and-a-half-hour sh- or two-hour show. What's the length? Two-and-a-half hours? Two hours? Just over two. Two hours, 15 minutes. Yep, that's a long interview show from your, with your questions. And then also, we reviewed Punisher Warzone. <laughs> Woo! Yay! Use the word. So, so if you wanted to hear either of those shows, you look back on the feed if you're listening on iTunes or some other aggregator, or you can just go to ifanboy.com and there'll be links to those shows there. You can listen to those. So check those out. Don't forget to listen to those. Those were fun shows. They were. And the holidays are coming, so uh, make sure you head over to ifanboy.com forward slash Amazon, the new location of our Amazon store. 
Um, you can uh, do, do all of your holiday shopping there. You can buy comic books. We put some recommendations of, of what we like. Uh, we've also you know list the comics that are featured in our video show. Um, but you can also buy video games, movies, everything you get from Amazon. You get it through there. Um, so if you want to help us out a little bit, you can go to ifanboy.com forward slash Amazon. You can just click on one of the Amazon links and go to the Amazon site proper or cl- click on one of the banners that are on ifanboy.com. Um, but by doing so, it helps us out in the long run. So we appreciate it, and good luck with your holiday shopping. If you like the video show, then you should watch it every Wednesday when it comes out. You can go to revision3.com slash ifanboy to get that. This past week, uh, fortuitously, there was a Punisher show, uh, which <laughs> which was probably better than them. Anyway, uh, and then this week, uh, episode 100, wow. maybe it'll, it's going to be a special. We're not going to tell you what it is, but it's got, <laughs> it's got a historical thing going on. We're going to go back. We're going to look at, look at young us. I'm scared of this episode, by the way. This episode's awesome. All those I think we're awesome. building. I think we're building it up. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Too hard. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's still. It's still just us on the couch. Don't. It's, it's regular length. It's 23 minutes. It's not really. Yeah. It's cool. It's though. just. Yeah. Josh got an early peek at it. He was very excited about certain things. True. There's so when if you have TiVo and you want to watch that episode, we're on there. We're on TiVo on the free download section. You can watch iFanboy every week on your TiVo in high, glorious, high definition. Yes. And I would definitely recommend you check out episode 100 in glorious high definition. Oh, please don't. <laughs> please don't. Or at least skip over one particular part. Um, so if you want an iFanboy t-shirt, I know a lot of you have been waiting for it. Uh, the Revision 3 store has been being overhauled. Um, it, it, it sh- if all goes well, it should be live um, starting uh, this Monday, December 8th. Um, you can go to revision3.com forward slash store to check that out uh there's a good chance it might not go live but it will go live this week um and that's where you can pick up the iFanboy shirts with big iFanboy logo says intern on the back and uh, i'm pretty sure they're going to be uh, cheaper than ever i think we're going to be doing a little clearance sale uh to to move move that inventory to maybe we might have some new designs in 2009 so stay tuned there move units yes you can send us an email at contact.ifanboy.com where you can leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Keep your voicemail around 30 seconds. Tell us where you're from. Tell us your name, and, and we'll do it on this show or the video show or sometimes on the website as well. Uh, you want to know about social networks? Of course you do. You're a Web 2.0 person, and you probably uh, you got nothing else to do, so why not go on there? Besides, when we do that, we talk about you in terms of units. So I got some more Twitter units today. Uh, no, you can go to ifanboy.com slash about, um, and then you'll have links to uh, MySpace and, and Comic Space and then Facebook and Twitter and all those things. Um, and uh, you can go there and connect with us. Yes. If you're following iFanboy on Twitter, you should probably follow us individually on Twitter too. Yep. Just saying. That's what I think. It only helps. It only expands the, the whole thing. And if you like us, if you like the show, if you like what we do here on the show – Go to iTunes and write a review. Um, those reviews help people, help new people find the show, and help you know that continues the recommendations. Um, or better yet, you know, go tell tell somebody. Go to your comic book store and be like, "Hey, I listen to this great show. Get them to listen to it." Getting more people listening and watching our shows will help us out in the long run as well. So uh, we we look to you to kind of help us out with that. Um, so definitely spread the word if you can. We really appreciate everybody who does. On a, on a Perhaps you basis. could you could stand on a rooftop and yell. That you are a golden god, and also iFanboy.com is your favorite comic book podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the all Russell Hammond episode. (laughs) I like drugs. (laughs) I'm just the lead singer. (laughs) Fever dog. Oh, stop! Oh, it's gonna be in my head all night. Guys, 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 you You motherfucker. Uh, you, you are home. I watched that a couple weeks ago, and it took me a week to get Fever Dog out of my head. Now you I love that it. all I have to do is either do that or I am Fever Dog to Connor, and he's, <laughs> and he's sick for a week with it. It's awesome. 
I don't know why that one song just gets stuck don't, in my head. Don't be the dog. It's the uh, same song as Bullet the Blue Sky by you 2 Anyway. <laughs> All right. So um, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. And uh, until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Fever Dog. I've talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Blah 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 blah. Bye, blah 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 blah